Good morning. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer again. Great. Amen. Well, I was driving up here this morning, and a thought hit me. I was like, <laughs> what's my afternoon at home going to be like if I, on Mother's Day, spend the whole hour talking about a bunch of men? Because <laughs> we've been talking about the apostles. <laughs> so, uh, whoo, the heart started beating fast, started sweating, palms sweating. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness and and i i do I, I i believe that's where the lord wants us to go um but real quick i want to i want to show you one thing i did well maybe two things i did find who knows what's going to happen um turn to acts chapter 16 acts chapter 16 The next verse we're going to turn to is one, one verse I always love um, because, and we had, a, we had a good time in the prayer room this morning, but I'm, I'm very thankful for my Christian heritage. And I told the men in the room, um, you know, I, I understand, you know, how, how people think and and I agree with some of it, but as I look back through my life, um, it was godly women that kept me in church. I love my dad. I love my grandfather. But it was the women in my life that really kept that godly heritage going. And my uncle pastor a church, I told him in the prayer room one time, it had eight to ten people in it, and it was all older women. Now, what would that church have done without women, without ladies? They paid the bills. They paid the preacher. <laughs> they did the things they didn't want the preacher to do. Have to, they didn't want the pastor to have to do everything. So, and I told you, when we first started talking about the apostles, women have a, a, a mighty role, and I hope to talk about some of them. Um, but look at this verse in chapter 16 of the book of Acts. Verse 1, and um, it's speaking of Paul here. I want to read this verse and then move to another one. It says, Then came he to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek. And it's talking about his mother. His mother believed. Now, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is uh, the one I was talking about. It's always one of my favorite verses because I am so thankful of my Christian heritage. 2 Paul is speaking to Timothy in the first part of this chapter. And he says in verse 5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. Now, what faith did he point out? Did he point out the faith in his father? 
in his grandfather. He pointed out the faith in his mother and his grandmother. And I'm very thankful for my mother, very thankful for Andrew, wherever she is. Um, I'm thankful for the women in my life. Now, there's also one more verse, and then we'll move on to the apostles, probably. Matthew 23. And I think I taught a Sunday school lesson on the motherhood of God one, one year. But in Matthew 23, Jesus is speaking, and he is about to lament over Jerusalem. And in verse 37, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Now, I think about nurturing, what Brian kind of talked about, the nurturing. And when you think about that, that's what we talked about that time. We talked about the motherhood of God. So there is a motherhood aspect of normally what we think of like that nurturing aspect that God has. And he says, if you would just come to me, I would, I would protect you, and I would keep you under my wings. But you would not. Just don't be like that. <laughs> Jerusalem wouldn't do it. So... I'm thankful for mothers this morning. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You ever seen many roosters gather chicks up on it? No, okay. I ain't been on a farm a whole lot, but I ain't never seen that either. Somebody said, I ain't never been on a farm. I have been on one. <laughs> yeah, they just strut and crow. There you go. That's a good, that's a good characteristic of a rooster there, Jim. But it's something to see. I have seen little chicks. I don't know if something happens and boom, there they go. Run right back under the mother and she just kind of takes them just, just like that. That was a place of protection, and I'm sure comfort for those chicks. So, the motherhood of God. All right. No, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still believe in gender pronouns, and it says her here. So, gathereth her chicks. We don't want to get that mixed up. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, let's talk about a bunch of guys. You want to? <laughs> Luke chapter 6. <laughs> Luke chapter 6. Why am I in numbers? <laughs> Luke chapter 6. We've been talking about the apostles. We've talked about the list. We've seen these names listed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, Acts. 
Some people use those lists to say there's errors in the Bible with the names. We've already talked about all that. There's not. Um, we talked about the groupings of those names last week, I think. You can really categorize them into groups of three. Uh, no, four. There's four groups of three. Whose group is always first? Anybody remember? The first group's always first. Thank you, Ray. Adding a lot of value here this morning. Peter's group. Always, he's always listed first. His group is always first. And he's always listed first. And I just wonder if there's ever any doubt about him being listed first. He'd just burst forth and say, I'm first. That's his personality. <laughs> Peter's group's always first. You, the first shall be last. Hey, he gets on down there. We'll find out later. We talked last week about God God will humble you. But Peter's group, he's it's always he's always it's always first. And it's always Peter, Andrew, John, and James. And Peter himself is always mentioned first. He was the leader of the group. It's just how it was. Those guys followed him. We'll talk about that. And he's the first one we're going to talk about, of course. Whose group was next? Philip's group. Now, again, when you think about these groups, think about what you know about them. Man, and it's not ever one of them, but we know a lot about Peter. We know a lot about John. We know a little bit about Andrew and a little bit about, about James, but we know a lot about those first two guys. And it gets less and less and less. Philip's group was next. It's always, that next group's always Philip, Bartholomew, who's Nathaniel, in the book of John. The word Bartholomew, the name is not in the book of John for this disciple. They're the same guy. We've already talked about that. No problem. Some people had three names. Simon, Peter, Cephas, same person. No problem. So Bartholomew's Nathaniel. And then Thomas and Matthew are always in that, in that group. Next, whose group was next? James, the son of Alphaeus. We think he was the leader of that group. Then you had, after in his group, you had Lebius, who's also Thaddeus, who's also Judas, the brother of James. You had Simon the Canaanite, who's also Simon the Zealot, or Simon Zelotus. And you had the traitor, Judas Iscariot. And he's not in the list in Acts chapter 1. Right, Miss Peggy? She said he wasn't at the prayer meeting. And he wasn't. He wouldn't. So that's the ones. That's, that's, that's the list. And we'll get into all the other stuff. When we first started talking about them, Jim tried to confuse us all. I said, see how many you can list. You want 12 or you want 14? Well, I mean, you know, you start talking about the others. You start talking about Paul. We'll talk about some of that. But the, the standard 12 are these. So that's, that's kind of what we talked about last week. And we talked about the fact that of this group, Jesus did not choose one religious leader, not one, not a scribe, not a Pharisee, not a Sadducee, none of those guys. They hated him. They hated him and tried to destroy him. So, not one, just ordinary men. And we went and looked at John chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 66 last week, and talked about how these, even these men, you don't think about it like this. 
because we don't we really don't study this. We don't talk about it much. But you don't think about it. these guys. These men were just faces in the crowd for a long time. They were just. God didn't call these 12 and call them apostles at the beginning of his ministry. Jesus didn't. He didn't do that. He went a while before he called any of them. And when he did, they were just part of the group. Yeah. Not the case. Yeah. A lot of things we think like that is not necessarily the case. Right. He had, he, I didn't think about the fact that he had a following yeah. first and he chose these from among them. Yeah. So also, as we'll talk about in a little bit, maybe today, there's a difference between disciples and apostles. Right. Now, this group, especially, I don't want to say, I can't remember which gospel. I'll say it when we get there, is referred to as the twelve. That's a common title for these 12 men. But they were, above all things, later apostles. Jesus had a bunch of disciples. A bunch of disciples. Disciples just a follower or a learner. What's an apostle? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But there's a difference. So he had a bunch of disciples. And when you think about that, I thought about that too. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Well, when you look and you see last week, I know you weren't here, but last week we looked at John the ba- what um, John the Baptist was preaching, and two of his disciples with him, Andrew and John, we find out later, and they see Jesus coming, and he point, John points him out, behold the Lamb of God. He actually said that twice. And the second time he said it, Andrew and John left, Andrew and John the Apostle left John the Baptist and followed Jesus. And Andrew brought his brother Philip to Jesus. And John brought his brother James to Jesus. And Philip, when he got called, went out and got Nathaniel. Now that's the pattern. When God saves you, it's not supposed to be just you. We need to bring others. That's the pattern that we see. Not necessarily for all of them, but we don't know. That's just some that we were, we were, taught, we were told about. Some of the more prominent ones. So they, they were faces in the crowd for a long time. I can't ever imagine Peter being a face in the crowd. They were just disciples until Jesus called them and set them apart as apostles. Just faces in the crowd. So I think where we ended was this. Why 12? Now, we got some good talkers in here this morning. <laughs> But some of you who may not be in here all the time, I will stand here until somebody says something. <laughs> Why 12? Okay, yeah. So in, just in general, um, we talked about that. These groups, some being closer. You went from all these disciples down to 12. You went from 12 down to 3, really. 
that inner circle of three that we refer to, Peter, James, and John, that inner circle. Why do you need all, like, why don't we talk about Peter being the leader of this group and Philip being the leader of this group, and you have these guys set apart as apostles. Jesus can't be the same to everybody. Now, I'm not talking about in his godship. I'm talking about while he was physically here on earth. If you manage people and you have 400 people that work under you, you're not going to be just as close with all 400 of them. It's impossible. You're going to be closer to some than you are to others. And if you're smart, you won't manage them all. You'll assign managers to manage this group, to manage this group. That's the only way you'll ever get anything done. And that's what he did. But why 12? Not just splitting them up into smaller groups, which you're right about that. But why 12? You ever thought of that? So there are 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah? Can you think of anything else there's 12 of? <laughs> 12 gates in the city. Anything else? 12 years old. So are the 12 gates. We ain't talking about the New Jerusalem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just messing with you. I don't want to get off on that too, but go ahead. Are there 12 gates so that one would represent each apostle, or are there 12 apostles that got chosen because there was 12 gates and you needed <laughs> Did you hear this? It's a conundrum. Openings into the city. Yeah. Did he choose 12 apostles because he knew there was 12 gates? Did he make 12 gates because he knew there would be 12 apostles? Right. I don't know. Yeah, right. So 12 tribes of Israel, 12 gates. Anything else? 12 years old. How many foundations does the new Jerusalem have? 12. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 12 is a predominant number. And it means usually, if, if we're going to put it in terms, the best thing I have found is perfect government perfection in governmental things now seven is the number of completeness complete perfection 12 and when you're talking about these governmental things which is definitely what you're talking about when you're assigning heads now i don't want to get ahead of myself but there were 12 tribes of israel and in jesus appointing <clears throat> 12 apostles <clears throat> there's a new covenant coming. And I'm not saying you, you throw it all away, but I am saying that, that that old one is set aside and this new one now takes predominance. And for that old one, you had 12 heads, 12 tribes. And you can go through them, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, all those. And for this new one, you're going to have 12 
his, the apostles. These men that we're talking about, Peter, John, Andrew, all these others. I don't want to get too far down the list. Because then we start getting into 13, 11, 14. We'll talk about that all later. 12. And in fact, um, the Jews had turned their back on God. They had taken that covenant and turned their back on it. And I think it was a, I think it was a, what, what did I, I don't even know, I had something somewhere. I think it was a condemnation against the nation of Israel to set all that aside and to sign these guys over it because of what that nation had done. Now, we don't hate the Jew. A lot of people do. We don't hate the Jew. Now, they had their, they had their part in crucifying Christ, but so did I. He had to die for my sins. If I'd been the only one, he would have died for my sins. So we all put him there. But they had turned their back on him. You had this new covenant coming. And they were going to represent what Galatians 6 calls the true Israel of God. Okay? I'm not, I'm not teaching replacement theory, if you know what that is. If you don't, don't even worry about it. The true Israel is what Galatians 6 says. And Jesus makes this connection. Look at uh, Luke chapter 22. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, Miss Peggy's right. The Jews, all they want, they just want to throw off the Roman occupation. And they want a leader that was going to throw that off and break those chains. And that's exactly what they were looking for. That doesn't condone anything they did, like Judas. It makes me sick at my stomach to see some of these things about Judas and people try to explain away what he did because he was looking for a military disciple. The Bible is clear Every time it mentions his name, it calls him a traitor when it lists these apostles. There was, there was no excuse for what he did. So is your conclusion that the 12 were chosen because of the symbolism that the Jews would recognize? I think, I think they recognize exactly what he did when he called 12. We don't, we don't have a lot to do with numbers. And you can get, you can get way down the rabbit hole of numerology in the Bible. And I, I tell you, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but certain numbers do signify certain things in the Bible. It's just true. And we probably don't even understand it all. So just be careful with that. So I think these people, they were very ritualistic, ceremonial. They knew exactly what he did when he called 12. Exactly. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the great live Satan. <laughs> Religion. Look at verse, I think I asked you to turn to Luke 22. Look at verse um, 29. Jesus is going to make a connection here that y'all probably thought about when we were talking about some of the things earlier says, and I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father has appointed unto me, and he's talking to the apostles, that ye may eat and drink at my table in the kingdom, and what? Sit on thrones, judging 
the 12 tribes of Israel. These guys are elevated. Twelve. It was a, I, I don't know that I wouldn't just say it was a slap in the face. To ritual, slap in the face to ritualistic Judaism. Yeah. Right. Now, twelve. Let me look at that verse we read in Luke 6. Verse 13, and this is, we've already read this. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose 12, meaning he had more, right? right? Whom he also named apostles. Why? You ever thought about that? Why call them apostles? Yeah, do you know what? Do you, you do? Okay, good. Let, hold on just a second there. Let's see. Why call them apostles? Well, they were separated. Mm. Yeah, and more. Separated. Separated. They, the, well, the disciples were sent out. Yeah. Yeah, see, there's a lot, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah, there's a lot. A lot no, well, I, I wouldn't put anything down on that. It's just, we don't make that connect, we, we don't make that uh, distinction in our minds between apostles and disciples. We just don't. And so a lot of things we think that the 12 did, no, the whole group of disciples did. And maybe even the reverse, a lot of things maybe you think the whole group did, only the 12 did. I don't know, but we'll talk about that specific thing there. Very common, very common, even for me, very common. So, apostles. It, the, the title alone is significant. Apostles. I'm not going to say what it means. I'm going to let you, I'm going to see what you want to say. But I'm not going to say what it means, so I'm not getting ahead of you here. But when you look at the word apostle in the Bible, it's apostolos. Or apostolos is really the correct correct pronunciation apostolos and it's not when you think about okay you know the bible wasn't originally written in english <laughs> okay you had hebrew chaldee you had greek all this other so the word apostolos that is a it's a transliteration, not a translation. Do you know the difference? Do you care? <laughs> Does anybody know what a translation is? Or what's the difference between the two? A translation. We won't stay too long here. So a translation is where you take what this word means in a language. What does it mean and here's a, here's a word in our language that means the same thing. Like in Genesis, the word for day is yom. Well, they looked at the word yom and saw that it meant 
day and said, hey, day is the word in English. So that's the word they used. That's a translation. We take the meaning and we find a word in our language and we write that down. You can think of it like that. Now, what do you think a transliteration might be? Do you know? Apostolos. Angelos is a transliteration. Angelos. It's where you take that word, how it sounds, and you put it in your language. Apostolos, apostle, sounds a lot alike. Angelos, angel, sounds a lot alike. Well, they didn't look at what the word apostolos means and take that and say, we got a word for that. They didn't. So there's differences between transliterations and translations. Apostolos is a transliteration. What does the word sound like? We're going to add that over here and make it conform to our rules of language. What, if, you, if I asked you what it meant, what would you say? If I was going to give a definition? Yeah, oh, yeah, I thought you said you did a while ago. I'm sorry. Right. So Miss Betty was talking about him being sent. So, go ahead. To get the sense of that, you have to go to Matthew chapter 28. Okay, go ahead. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things. Those that we call the apostles are the ones who were originally sent or commissioned to do that. That's right. And we read, I didn't read it this morning, I should have. Every other day I've read it. That verse we read in Acts, chapter 2, verse 40-something, says when those people were added after Philip preached that they, they followed the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine. So they were sent ones. Mm. I, I don't subscribe to that. No, I'm not even going to repeat it. <laughs> but there's the concept of the apostles being sent yeah. to teach. Yes, and they were sent once. And they were. And they were messengers. Angels were also messengers. Heralds. But they're more than that. They're more than that. They're not just messengers. They're not just sent ones. The word apostolos is most, most closely tied to, um, I don't know where I'm at in my notes. There, there, was a, there was a position in the Sanhedrin called a shalia. Anybody heard of this? I never heard of this. So I started studying. Shalia. Those guys were official representatives of the Sanhedrin. They were um, ambassadors. They were the Sanhedrin's messengers. They were there, but not just messengers. 
I can go give somebody a message. Okay. There we go. They were the official representatives of the Sanhedrin. When they went and delivered a message, they were not speaking. The Sanhedrin was. When they spoke, it carried the same authority and the same power as if the Sanhedrin were speaking themselves. It's the same thing with these guys. Apostolos. When Jesus sends them forth and they start spreading the gospel and churches are formed, they speak and work with the same power as the one who sent them, Jesus Christ. They're official delegates. That's much more than a disciple. It's much more than a messenger. It's an official representative speaking with the same authority. It's true. The same authority and the same power as Jesus Christ. Because he's the one that sent them. That also fits. Maybe you can give me a lot of that. Maybe give me a But that also fits in with the dispensation of miracles. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, let's wait on that. Don't do that? No, not right now. Okay. I mean, well, first of all, we only got like three minutes. So. Sorry. Whew. That's a big. That's a big subject. And that, that verse in Acts talks about those miracles, too, that I was talking about. But these... Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, you want to blow that up? Here you go. He was talking about the Pope. So, real quick, I know we got to stop. Apostolos. They weren't just disciples. They weren't just messengers. They were officially selected and set apart to go forth into the world and to preach and to teach and to do miracles in the same authority and power as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what they were. But a Shalia never went out and manifested his own thoughts and his own words. Only those of the Sanhedrin who sent them. And that's what these apostles did. They didn't go out. I know they were men, and they did make mistakes. And we'll look at some of those. But for the most part, they didn't go out spreading their own opinions. They went out spreading what Jesus Christ taught them to teach and to preach, which we know as the apostles' doctrine. So, Shalia. Shalia. In the Mishnah, the Jewish Mishnah, I've got like two minutes. I don't know if you know what the Mishnah is. It's hard to keep up with this stuff. The Torah, you've probably heard of that, is their written law. First five books of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Pretty much. The Torah. Well, then you had the Talmud, which was a collection of the Gomorrah and the Mishnah, which was oral. That was oral traditions. These people would take and they would, they would read the Torah and they would say, here's what that means. And they would transcribe that. And they turned that into whatever. I can't remember. 600 different laws. Yeah. Just completely perverted it. But in the Jewish Mishnah, when it talks about the Shalia, it says the one sent by the man is as the man himself. And that's the picture of these apostles. The one sent by the man is as the man himself. So when Jesus called these 12 and named them apostles, 
He was doing something that was very familiar to the Jewish culture in that day. They knew what he was. We don't get it. We don't understand it when we read it because we don't know Jewish culture for the most part. They understood what he was doing when he called 12 and when he called them apostles, apostolos. That's exactly what he was doing. Jesus himself is called an apostle, capital A, in Hebrews 3.1. What'd he do? Exactly what the one who sent him told him to do. He said, I came to do the will of my father. That's what he did. So, 12 apostles. I don't know what we're going to talk about next time because I don't know where I'm at. But that's why you have 12 apostles. All right, let's dismiss. Johnny, you want to dismiss us?